everybody, welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. I am your host, Camille. It is the last week of Christmas in July for Hallmark Channel. I hope everyone has enjoyed a month of Christmas movies. I know I did. Hallmark Channel hasn't released any new movies, which means another listener's choice week. This week, the theme is Diversity Matters. I put out a poll on social media with a total of 12 movies, all of whom had BIPOC slash LGBTQ main characters to recognize Hallmark's conscious decision to diversify its storylines and cast members. The response was surprising. I've averaged about 200 to 250 votes in my previous Listener's Choice polls, but sadly this one only garnered a total of 50. I received pushback from several Facebook group admins who previously allowed posting the polls, was blocked from a couple of Hallmark fan groups as well. When I did get in contact with some of the admins, the response was they had issues with the fact that my poll included LGBTQ characters, a celebration of that. They were only willing to accept my post if it took out LGBTQ in my poll. This saddened me. I am well aware homophobia is rampant in the Hallmark fandom. Many cloak it as Christianity. I will leave my opinions on that subject matter for another podcast. But here's my moment on top of the soapbox. Hallmark has a history of whitewashing the cast. Until recent years, all the BIPOC characters, actors, were relegated to only supporting roles. I mean, how many movies has Nelson Wong done as a concierge or assistant or mailman? and never played the leading man. How many Christmas in Evergreen movies did Rukia Bernard have to star in before she finally got the leading role? They kept bringing in white actresses as the lead, where this beautiful black woman was always in the sidelines. How many years has Hallmark been around without any LGBTQ characters? They willingly hire gay actors to play the heterosexual leading men. Luke McFarlane and Peter Port, ring a bell? But they only just had a gay character in a Christmas movie in 2020. They finally had the first lesbian kiss in the series finale of Good Witch. After over 20 plus years of existence, finally Hallmark is opening its doors to the LGBTQ, something it has never done. And sadly, it ruffles many people's feathers. But you know what? It's about damn time. People claim Hallmark is a Christian channel, but when polled about what makes a Hallmark Christmas movie, it's no, not Jesus. So Hallmarkies, whether consciously or subconsciously, are well aware Hallmark isn't a Christian channel. It's a secular one, and it is time for more representation, more diversity, about damn time. Ran over. Before we start reviewing this movie, we have some Hallmark news to get through. As I've stated previously, Many times on this podcast and on my social media platforms, I am a Hallmark, what calls the heart fame. And a couple of big news coming from the Hardy's fandom. Season 9 has begun filming. Many of the cast is back on set. Thank you to Peter DeLuise for keeping Hardy's informed with behind-the-scenes pictures. I'm still waiting with bated breath for the first pick of Aaron and Chris together. The Look at Beth fandom are holding our breath for it. Congratulations go to Paul Green. He just announced he will be having a baby boy with his fiancée, Kate Austin. This will be their second son. 
baby is due on Thanksgiving. He also announced Dr. Carson Shepard will be back on My Cause the Heart for an undisclosed number of episodes. So congratulations. Also, to, due to record-breaking high ratings for Season 8, Hallback has ordered 12 episodes for Season 9, which is expected to premiere in February 2022. I am so excited. I am so hopeful for a Christmas movie. Hopefully a 12th episode Season 9 doesn't mean Christmas movie won't happen. Here's to fingers crossing. Good Witch just aired their series finale. Very bittersweet for the fandom. Also a record-breaking Hallmark moment of the very first LGBTQ kiss on Hallmark. Joy and Zoe shared their first kiss on the series finale. I'm so disappointed we can't see more of their relationship. Maybe they should get their own spin-off. Totally blow many Hallmark minds. So on to the movie review. The winner of this week's listener's choice Though the number of small is 2020's Christmas with the Darlings, starring Katrina Law and Carlo Marx. For those who may not be aware, Katrina is half Taiwanese, which makes her part of the POC community. I love this movie. It is definitely one of my favorite movies of 2020. I've loved all of Katrina's Hallmark movies, Snowbride and 12 Gifts of Christmas. What was great about this particular movie is there is a small scene where Katrina's Taiwanese culture is recognized. You might have missed it if you weren't aware, but I'll talk about it in this podcast. The official synopsis, when an assistant gives her final notice, she is drawn into helping the younger brother of her boss as he looks after his orphaned nieces and nephew through Christmas. Katrina plays Jessica Liu, an executive assistant for Charles Darlington, the CEO of Darlington Enterprises. She is about to quit her job as an executive assistant to work as a corporate lawyer for the company, but Charles asked her to do one more thing. He is about to take full guardianship of his two nieces, Emma and Abby, as well as his nephew, Jay Henry. Charles needs Jessica's help to take them to boarding school in Vermont. The kids lost their parents, the dad being one of the Darlington brothers, in an accident three years prior in Australia. It has been living with their mom's aunt since. But since their aunt has gotten older, Charles and his youngest brother, Max, have taken on the responsibility of the children. Okay, so let's talk boarding schools. What's up with rich people sending their kids to boarding schools? Like, why would you have kids just to send them off and not see them for a whole year, pretty much? And then what's worse, take guardianship of your nieces and nephew to only send them off to school three days later. During Christmas? Like, what the heck? I totally understood Emma's apprehension in the beginning when getting close to her uncles and niece, Jessica. They were about to be dropped off to a whole new school in a country they haven't been in for almost four years and spent Christmas there. Like, talk about trauma. My opinion on boarding schools is this. Don't have kids if the first thing you thought of is sending them to boarding school. And to think of the emotional trauma of spending Christmas in a new country with no family? Yeah, I hated Charles from the beginning of this movie. If he wasn't willing to take on the responsibility of three kids for two more weeks, at least until Christmas, maybe even three weeks if he wanted to extend that to New Year's, then maybe he should have signed on as a guardian. But anyway, done with that rant of boarding schools, <laughs> this podcast is going to be full of rants. 
I can just tell. But I guarantee this will be the last one. Enter Max, the youngest of the three Donington brothers. First impression of him is carefree, no responsibility. Very cool dude type of person. I like him. He cut off his ski vacation early once he got his the phone call from Jessica that his nieces and nephew were flying in from Australia. I can tell from the beginning, I would like this guy. He has the same exact thoughts as me about sending the kids to boarding school three days after landing to spend Christmas away from family. Finally, a brother that has a heart and common sense speaking up for the kids. I get it. He's carefree and may not be as serious about life and work as Charles. He has a good heart. You can just tell. Thank God, though, for Jessica and Max. They both volunteer to stay and watch the kids as Charles flies off to do some business in Europe. Yeah, I don't like Charles. He didn't even stay to meet up with his nieces and nephew. It's like business can't wait. Why? It's Christmas. You have family flying over from Australia that you haven't seen in four years. Tell your business people I am staying home to greet my nieces and nephew when they land. Since I haven't seen them in so long. But you know, business first. Did I tell you I don't like Charles? So finally, we meet Emma, Jay, Henry, and Abby. You can tell those kids have been through a lot, especially Emma. It just broke my heart hearing her tell her younger siblings, Hey, be careful with getting close to people here. We're leaving in three days. I have been there. I know what it's like in a small way. Growing up in a military family, then growing up in foster care. Moving comes with the territory. Sometimes the best way to protect yourself from disappointment is to close people off. Just remind yourself this is temporary. There was so many sweet moments with the kids. Like on the first night at the Darlington's estate, Jay Henry was assigned to his dad's old room. The girls had their own rooms to sleep in. But on the first night, they all decided to sleep in Jay Henry's room because they wanted to sleep together, to be near each other, to be in their dad's old room. Slowly but surely, the kids did get to trust Max and Jessica. That was made evident when Abby had a nightmare about a big fish. And instead of seeking comfort from her sister, she found it in Max, who read her the visitor calls. As time went on, Max and Jessica introduced some winter Christmas traditions they haven't experienced in at least three years. From snowman building to wearing ugly sweaters to decorating one of the trees outside and baking Christmas cookies. They also got to go on a horse and sleigh ride. As time went on, you can tell our first impression of Max is wrong. But at least Jessica's impression of Max is. Mine was spot on. This carefree guy is full of heart and a giving spirit. He is like an onion, where as each layer is peeled, there is more to find. He volunteers in the pediatric ward at the hospital where Jessica's roommate works. He donates toys to the Boys and Girls Club every year, not seeking recognition or praise for his charity. You should do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because you want to brag about it. Max, I 100% agree. Jessica has also now left herself in a bind. Before leaving, Charles has put her in charge of planning for a Christmas party that will impress Mr. Lee, a Taiwanese business owner of Luzhong Corporation, someone that the Darlingtons want to work with so they can expand to the Asian market. The problem is that Jessica had played a very horrible black tie event at the plaza 
before doing more research on Mr. Lee, and finding his logo, Family First, Success Follows. This is a man who won't be impressed by fancy Christmas dinner. He is a man who would be impressed with family-friendly affairs. With the help of Max and the kids, Jessica came up with a plan to host the Christmas party at the Darlington Estate, with the employees and their families all invited. When Mr. Lee arrived at the party, who was there to greet him? Lovely Max, of course. They chatted about a winter festival in Europe both men have previously attended. Mr. Lee wanted to take his daughter there again when Charles slips in to talk to Mr. Lee about business. Have I told y'all I don't like Charles at all? That dude is so dismissive of his brother. He cut off the conversation, and despite noticing the rapport, they have a very how much both men were enjoying this conversation. Charles just brushes Max off to the side, like, I got this, little bro. Now go play with the Legos and let the big boys talk. Jessica notices this and follows Max outside to the tree. They decorated with the kids earlier in the week. Abby joins them soon thereafter to replenish the tree with cookie decorations for the forest animals. Mr. Lee and Charles joins them. And Mr. Lee is quite impressed with the tree. Utah Mr. Lee doesn't use the motto of family first to garner business. He loves it. He lives it. And he's honestly impressed that the Darlington Corporation is a family company. I like literally wanted to scream at the TV. Darlington isn't a family company. Or at least the CEO isn't. If you've been here for the past two weeks and with his Charles flying off to Europe so he can deal with business without even bothering to greet his nieces and nephew, after not having seen them for three years, I wanted to tell him it's Max who's failing first, not Charles. But thank God Mr. Lee wasn't fooled by Charles and wanted Max to be his liaison in Taiwan. Smart man. Dumbass business first, Charles wanted to send Max to Taiwan the next day so he could spend Christmas away from the kids, away from the family, away from Jessica, to quote, lay foundation on the business venture in Taiwan. Okay, have I told y'all lately I don't like Charles? Tell me why the foundation laying put wait till after Christmas, after the holidays, after Max and Jessica have professed their feelings for each other. So anyway, Max leaves for the airport. The kids greet him with the ugly sweaters he gifted them when they got off the plane. How sweet. And Jay Henry gifted him a puzzle piece to always remember, remind the kids by. The puzzle was never to be completed without Max there. I swear this puzzle is symbolic of something. Can't put my finger on it. <laughs> Just kidding. Jessica finally has her aha moment. She rushes into Charles' office, tells him about Riverside School, a good school not far from home and not a boarding school. She will take on the responsibility of the kids when they come home. Charles' initial reaction is to ask, well, what about your law career? Are you gonna quit being a lawyer? Have I told you all lately I hate Charles? The misogyny oozing off of that one sentence. What, you think a woman can't have kids in a career too? Just because you couldn't do it, Max, doesn't mean Jessica can't. And good at Jessica for setting him straight about that. Also, Jessica decided to quit corporate law and pursue family law. Working with the children made her realize that's where her passion lies. Just as she rushes out the door to make her way to the airport and stop Max, guess who pulls up? Yep, it's Max. 
Why does this guy still think he's not worthy of Jessica? Of love? I fully blame Charles for this. Man, I really hate that guy. Max is full of compassion and love and charity. He's the embodiment of family first. But I am so happy Jessica saw that. Max says his big brother. No, I am not going to Taiwan. I want to stay and spend Christmas with Jessica and the kids. He wants to be with his family. Charles does give him some negotiation pointers. Max had total control over the negotiations with Mr. Lee because Mr. Lee wants Max, not anyone else. I am sure Max could have asked for a million dollar mansion just so he can go work in Taiwan. And I'm sure Mr. Lee would have given it to him. I give this movie three out of five stars. I love the movie. I love the kids. I love Katrina as Jessica. Max is the hero and the ideal man most women would want and die for. Giving, kind, loving, reckless, a little bit fun, sweet, and gentle. Charles is the worst brother slash uncle I could think of at the like, dude, does he have any endearing qualities at all? Did I see this movie three times and miss anything good about this guy? Seriously, I hated Charles. Katrina has done three Hallmark movies, Five Gifts of Christmas, and Snow Bride, and Christmas with the Darlings. I love those movies as well. But, to be honest with you, her characters were whitewashed in those movies. For the first time in her Hallmark career, Katrina's Taiwanese culture is recognized. I don't know if anyone else caught this, but she greeted Mr. Lee in Mandarin and wished him Merry Christmas. Finally, there's a hint of her Asian culture. Let's be honest here. As I said, Hallmark has a history of whitewashing their movies. And I am not just talking about hiring white actors to play their leads, but also hiring white passing POC actors and actresses in lead roles. Katrina being a prime example. Julia Gonzalo being another. Only recently did Julia, Julia play a Hispanic character speaking Spanish to her family in a Hallmark movie. Nazvi Contractor, another POC Hallmark actress, finally got to highlight her Indian culture this year in the movie Winter Getaway. Hallmark isn't just hiring POC as leads, but erasing the habit of hiring white POC actors and acknowledging their characters, which make them different. Small steps, but we are getting there. I can't talk about this movie without mentioning a little side storyline involving Jessica's roommate Zoe and her little crush with Anna Baker named Kate. Yep, you heard it right, a little lesbian romance developing throughout this movie. And it was cute, adorable, and sweet. We got to see ourselves in Zoe, because I'm sure most of us can relate to the does she like me? Wait, what am I doing? Why did I invite her? I am crazy for doing this. It's just great to see double representation in this movie. I want to see more of Katrina Law. She needs to definitely do more Hallmark movies. So in conclusion, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn Alexa, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Follow us on all social media platforms. Our Instagram page is Hallmark Heartbeats. Facebook page is Hallmark Heartbeats Podcast. And Twitter is Hallmark Heartbeat One. Buy us a coffee on www.buyacoffee.com slash hmarkheartbeats.
We have two levels of membership. For $1 a month, Americano level, you get to have a voice on the podcast. You get to choose which movie I review. For weeks, Hallmark doesn't have a brand new movie, like this week. For $5 a month, Caramel Macchiato level, you get access to the release podcast. For example, the month of May, I reviewed Birthday Wish, starring Jesse Schramm and Luke McFarland. It also includes raw and unedited footage of our interviews with the actors. All links are in our link tree, which is in the bio. <laughs> Finally, Hallmark Christmas in July is over, and August comes a whole new batch of movies. It is going to be the second wave of summer night. So, I will be announcing the Play It podcast for the month of August. On August 2nd, I will be releasing the Love For Real recap. It, the movie stars Chloe Bridges, Scott Michael Foster, Corbin Blue, and Tayana Tully. On August 6th, I have an interview with Tayana Tully, co-star of previously mentioned Love For Real. August 9th, the 27-hour day recap starring Autumn Reeser and Andrew Walker. August 16th, Sealed with a Kiss, Wedding March 6th. Recap, starring Jack Wagner, Caitlin Stryker, Josie Bizet, and Nathan Witt. And August 23rd, a little daytime drama recap, starring Jen Lilly, Ryan Pavey, and Linda Dana. August 30th, Sweet Pecan Summer Recap, starring Christine Poe, Wes Brown, and Lauren Tom. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I am so grateful for all of the lessons. Um, you know, subscribe, follow us, whatever platform that you are listening to me. Thank you so much for everything. See y'all next week. Talk to you later. Bye.